Hey guys, welcome to the Checkup Podcast this week. Today, we're going to run it back with me, Caleb Willard, and Trey Finn. Sir. We had a... a uh, talk we, about. Yeah, we left on a promise for our Hoopers that we were going to talk about some basketball stuff today. And we most definitely are. We're actually going to start with basketball and then move into the week of football. Um, because ESPN did something incredible recently. They put out like a not complete waste of my time NBA top 100 list. I was shocked. I mean, I yeah, legitimately don't remember the last time and like ESPN put out a good list. I mean, it's they haven't necessarily put out the worst lists on the face of the earth. This one specifically regarding the top five, there is a a That's pretty blatant issue. Yeah, a little bit of uh which we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and talk yeah. about right now. We're gonna get some things cleared. So like Blow I said some steam. Yeah, you know, the list was good until it wasn't. And it got yeah. back to being decent, but like I could never I just couldn't get the error out of my head. So so ESPN put out top one hundred NBA players. And they got number one right, which, like, for me, I didn't expect them to. I, I really thought they were going to say Giannis. I really thought they were, and I was really concerned. I was going to plan, like, a really, really big episode explaining how Kevin Durant is so much better than this man. But I didn't need to because they put Kevin Durant number one for me. If if you don't think Kevin Durant's the best player in basketball, you just don't watch basketball. Like I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, and I, we're like people got to understand, we're saying like skill-wise. Like there is nobody more skilled as an overall player than Kevin Durant. Like and is the Greek freak good? Yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Like he's incredible. But like skill wise overall as a player he doesn't do anything that much better than Kevin Durant that merits him giving or getting the bump into the number 1 spot i mean Kevin Durant is definitely no slouch on defense which like i guess realistically speaking like if you had to like, what would you point at in Kevin Durant's game that's not almost perfect? Uh, I mean, it, I his, mean literally, his defense for me, like, it, I guess technically it, it could be a little better, but, like, no one really thinks about your defense that much when you can hang up 50 on a team's head, like, blindfolded. Look, the only thing that Kevin could remotely struggle with, okay, is going up against, is, is playing defense on centers. Okay, yeah, it's, because it's post defense. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't and you know what? And you know what? It's, it's limited to one position. I was gonna say it's limited. He's he's strapping every four in the league. Look, Kevin Durant. This is. I've said this before in previous episodes. And I'm gonna say it again. The difference between Kevin and Giannis is Kevin can do anything on any given night. Okay, like Kevin is a opener. He's a player. And he's a closer. Like, he does everything. Kevin shoots. Kevin Kevin works the mid-range. I mean, Kevin Durant's arguably the best mid-range player ever. 
Like, and then, and when you go up to the rim, I wouldn't even say mid range. I wouldn't even limit it to mid range. Kevin Durant could be the greatest offensive player this game is. Well, I mean, I I completely agree with that statement, but I'm just saying when, I mean, you can argue that, you know, like Steph Curry is better from three than Kevin or, or, you know, whatever center is better than Kevin. But I'm saying when it comes to like specifics, Kevin, Kevin shoots a very, very consistent three ball. We're talking like, 38 to 40 percent consistently like kevin's the best mid-range shooter arguably of all time kevin can get you a bucket up close to the rim kevin can play perimeter defense because for some reason those long legs move quick enough and he can play post defense with anybody including most centers because kevin's almost seven feet tall you know even if he's getting bodied you still have to get over his giant frame not only right? is he tall, his wingspan is longer than it's, his height. Yes, it's ridiculous. All right? And when I say Kevin's an opener, server, and closer, I mean Kevin gives you a consistent game the entire game and then turns up in the fourth quarter and overtime because that's what Kevin does. Like, Kevin, Kevin's no stranger to game winners. He hit two back-to-back years on LeBron in the finals. Like, Kevin can do everything, and that's the biggest difference between him and Giannis. And I like having Giannis as the number two on this list because yeah, while and, I mean Giannis is I the mean, most dominant player, physically dominant player in the league. Yeah, I was gonna say before we continue to move down the list, like for everybody that wants to say like, but Giannis went into Brooklyn and knocked off KD, like, like y'all need to understand that like. If Kevin Durant clipped his toenails that day, like he's hitting a game winner in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Like he's putting that he's putting that game winner in his mouth. And if you know, first of all, this isn't. I mean, it's basketball. It's more you know star powered than football for sure. But we're acting like we're acting like the Nets had. A, a decent team that day. Joe Harris had the most atrocious series I have ever seen from a quote-unquote shooter. Like, that series was so bad, I almost don't want to put Joe Harris in the top 100 list. That, that's how terrible Joe Harris played. I think Joe Harris was, literally shot I mean, like, he was, like he was 12, what, 20... 15%. Uh, I don't think it was. I didn't think it was that low. I it, thought it was, was around, terrible. I thought it was around eighteen to twenty, but I could. Be oh wrong. my bad. I, like, less yeah, than that's twenty. Still, it was that's still awful. It was definitely less than twenty, and we're talking about somebody that's consistently like a forty-five percent shooter. Yeah. All right. I mean, no he was, Kyrie. I think, did he have the highest three-point percentage in the league last year? Ah, uh, that's a good question. It was. I think it was Duncan. But I don't quote me on that. I, I honestly saying, don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure he if, he, if it wasn't number one, he was definitely top three. He's definitely up there. No, and that's what I'm saying. Joe Harris had the worst series of his entire life. Um, yeah, Kyrie was, didn't oh, play. James Harden, Harden was, came back for that last game. Uh, so he yeah, he was, he was in he and out, and awful. he looked sluggish. And he was, I mean, he couldn't shoot like worth offensively. Anything. You could argue he was a liability. I defensively. He was – I clearly he couldn't keep up. Yeah. So, you know, let's not get into who won that series because it wasn't necessarily about who won that series. It was about who played better. When We're talking player to player, not team to team. And Kevin had a better series. Yeah. I don't, and I, and I don't overall, care who you are. Like, he had a I'm, not, 
I'm not a huge a huge fan of Kevin Durant. Like I I love watching him play just because he's such a, a phenomenal player. But like I'm not on this ridiculous Kevin Durant. I guess bandwagon that you could call it that a lot of people are on. Um, Kevin Durant is the best player in basketball, and that's that shouldn't be disputed by anybody. I just don't even feel like you have to look at stats for Kevin. Like you just have to watch Kevin play. You right. really do. And he's coming Kevin... off an Achilles injury. Thank like, you. And he's literally like the most <laughs> devastating injury in the history of the sport. And like this dude just came in and smoked everybody. I mean, everybody didn't even hesitate. Yeah. So that that's one and two, like I said. And, and when it comes to two, Giannis, definitely we're going to pay him. You know, we're going to give him his dues. Yeah, look, he, Giannis, he, made it, he made it to the finals, won finals MVP uh, really, like, undisputedly. And, and nobody else on the Bucks deserved that. No. Um, so, I look, if you want to make the argument, go ahead. But I ain't listening to it. Yeah, so and and like I said before, Giannis is just by far the most dominant, physically dominant player in the league, and it's not close. There's a big gap between him and Joel Embiid. There really is. Because Giannis just Giannis plays that dominant every night. Yeah. Whereas Embiid, you just I mean Embiid struggles being that dominant. Embiid can't he physically can't take being that dominant and Giannis right. just pours it on, man. It's yeah. it is ridiculous. Yeah, Giannis is like that damn energizer bunny. He just never <laughs> never turns off. And I, I love it. I mean, we're talking during the season. Yeah, I mean, Giannis, I mean playoffs, as far as like, as far as like playing love. hard, as far as like playing hard is concerned, Giannis is a lot like Westbrook. I mean, he just gives you 150 percent every single night. That's a great comp. The only knock and the, the only knocks on both of them is what do they do in the clutch? Look, the reality what do they is they do in the clutch the and they god awful free throw or uh, and not even free. They're oh, just shooting. Gosh. Yeah, just shooting and around that last game. Um, yeah, it's it is not it is not pretty. And that's when we talk about holes in the game. I appreciate Giannis's dominance in the paint. My gosh, we gotta like, we gotta broaden our horizons a little bit, okay? Right. Which like, is Giannis why Kevin Durant's above him, and that's why Kevin Durant's above him is is because there's a whole look, man. Kevin's got like three, four more bags on Giannis. I mean, you know, Kevin's got the handle bag on Giannis. He's got a he's got a jump shot bag on Giannis. He's a three thing, point game on the Giannis. Only, the only thing Giannis has over Kevin Durant is physicality. Yeah, it's like post. That's literally it. That's it. It's, Literally just physicality. So I, I and like I said, I think it's pretty undisputed. One and two. I thank ESPN for not making this too much of a you know of a debate. So we're not going to spend the majority of our time here. It's the next few spots that we're going to start tinkering with. Okay, because I don't necessarily I don't hate the the pick ESPN had at three, but four is just wrong. Um, so ESPN went Kevin Durant. Giannis, LeBron, Luca, Steph, and then six Jokic. And I have a problem with it. All right. Yeah, I just I, I have a huge problem with my, it. My my biggest issue is Steph is MVP if the Warriors get to the playoffs. 
Like I, I think, and, I think if the I think if the Warriors make the playoff, Jokic doesn't have an MVP under his belt, which is saying a lot because Jokic had a great played a hell of a season. He had an amazing season. Okay, him and what him and Steph did was actually Steph Curry very averaged similar. like just under what thirty three a game, I think. Yeah, yeah, he averaged um, with nobody. No, not a soul. No body. I mean, who was their second best player? Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and how long? How long? If we, how long has everybody been saying that Andrew Wiggins needs to be traded off that team? I mean, oh, I, for a minute I, now. It's it's been. I mean, definitely <laughs> last year, and people were also kind of calling for it the year before. Yeah, so. you know, my biggest thing about so when I say Steph and Jokic's years were similar, um, so in the month of April, March, April is when their center went out with an injury. You know, people forget that the Warriors played those play-in games without Wiseman, who was a rookie center. They played without a center. Like, you know, they played the Lakers with no center. Like, imagine that. They played LeBron and Anthony Davis with no real center. Yeah, and it's, I mean, uh, the and, Rockets... And it was, the Rockets tried to win with small ball a couple of years ago, and it didn't work at all. No, and, so, and you know what? And the Rockets were loaded. Okay, the yeah, Rockets were actually they were a whole hell of a lot. Bit. I was say they were a whole hell of a lot better depth chart wise than the Warriors were. I, I mean, you had Steph, and that far. was it by far. So, but when when Wiseman went out, is when Steph took off. So we're gonna. I want to remind people of the level that Steph was on before the postseason. Okay, because Steph elevated his own game. Man, Steph was shooting Steph was shooting 46 47% from 3 in the month of April. Man was shooting 52% from field as and that's to be honest, that's not even I mean, that is important, but you have to think of it from the perspective that like Steph Curry is not like Joe Harris, who can just stand in a corner and wait for the ball. Like, Steph Curry is the best player on the team. He's a point guard, so he runs the entire offense. He is obviously by far the number one option. Like, he he literally, other than defense, Steph Curry literally had to back, like, that is the definition of a backpack season. Oh, absolutely. So, so let me like you just uh. yeah. No, keep going for a second. I'm gonna count all this so I can I can give you the the accurate stat yeah. here. Yeah. No, I mean like I just I don't understand. Like everyone harps on the Warriors for not making the playoffs last season. Like first of all, Western Conference was very very good last year. Um, honestly, the same way they have been for the past couple years. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the Warriors were littered with injuries. And like their their best player, who's Steph Curry, who's literally asked to do everything minus like cook team meals, <laughs> completely fries the NBA. Averages like just under thirty three points a game. Clearly reminds everybody why he's the number one shooter in basketball. In my eyes, wins MVP if the Warriors make the playoffs. And you put him under under Luca? 
Yeah, so this is – I want people to understand what Steph ended the season on because, like I said, Steph was already, you know, in MVP contention before the month of April. Okay, the last 24 games of the regular season, 21 of those games he scored more than 30 points. So in 24 games, this man's only had three total games where he had less than 30 points that game. You know how insane that is? Like, Steph went on the a run for the ages at the end of that season. Men's, men's ended up averaging 32 over the entire course of the season with no weapons. And I just don't understand what Luka did, you know, that impresses people more than what Steph did. Look, we all like, we all understand that Luca is an offensive juggernaut. Sure, but I mean he, I mean last season, uh, like he's not a better offensive player than Steph he's Curry. Most definitely not a better offensive player and than Steph. I go ahead and bring up a defensive argument. I mean Luca at this point is like a defensive liability because Luca does not play defense. Let me let me give you another stat. Let me change your perspective on Steph a little bit. Those two years when Kevin Durant and Steph Curry won the finals, okay? You might think that Kevin Durant was being double teamed more than Steph in those finals. Nope. nope. And let me let me tell you how wrong you are. Nope. Steph was doubled and over 80 possessions, over 80 of the possessions in those finals against the Cavaliers. Yeah. They, Kevin, um, Durant, Kevin Durant was doubled twice. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Both of, those, they, uh, both of those final series, Kevin Durant was doubled twice compared to Steph's, like, 84. All right, like, when we talk about Steph Curry being an offensive juggernaut, he's on a whole different level. Teams, I mean, teams decided to guard him over Kevin Durant. And this was before Kevin Durant got injured. And that's before the injury. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so, we like, we have to understand Steph's a better offensive player. He is a better defensive player, however sad that might be. Like, I mean, Steph's out of his defensive prime okay and he's still a better defender than Luca. the only thing Luca has on Steph is size and so Luca gets you know he'll he naturally gets a couple well he naturally gets a couple more rebounds than Steph and you know Luca actually has teammates that can shoot so he uh gets a couple more out rebounding somebody in the NBA who's 6-3 congratulations right but congrats man Steph averaged 23 I just I'm really not sure what the I love I love Luca and I love what Luca brings to the table but Luca's just not like that yet and you, you got to respect greatness while it's here man you just you just do Steph wins MVP if if they really make a playoff run I mean, I don't I'm, even think I'm they convinced. have to make a run. They could get bounced in the first round, and I. Oh, still I mean, think that's what I mean. I mean, if they if they ended up playing, you know, if they played in that, I I, I really think who they would think everybody. The Jazz, I think everybody was caught up in that unanimous MVP season, and kind of just it's kind of like the the LeBron effect, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. word it that way. I mean, everybody is like so used to seeing how good somebody is. That they're just like handing out sympathy MVPs to people. 
You know, I think that... Uh, I mean, it's, there were times when... I mean, you got to think for the past... Well, I mean, not for the most... Obviously, the most recent couple years. But, I mean, there was a time from... What, like, 2012 to 2018 that LeBron James was undoubtedly the best player in the NBA. And he wasn't winning MVPs for a large portion of those years. So, mm -hmm. like... At this point, I, I kind of think Steph's kind of suffering from the same, same kind of bias. Everybody's, and, you know, everybody's just so used to seeing him just rip it from half is. court. That's a good point. That's a great point. And here's, here's something else for you. You know, Steph missed a couple games this year. He actually, I think he played in 69 games this year. And he, he beat out Harden spot for second most threes in league history. Uh, he was projected if he had played all the games of the year, he was projected to beat his own record of 402 threes. You know, when you when you compare him compare his stats from this year to his unanimous MVP year, per 40 minutes, Steph They're averaged close. two full more points. Like, you know, his unanimous MVP year, per 40 minutes he was averaging 35 points. This past year he stepped it up to to almost 38. All right, and that's that's while shooting 2% better from 3. Like Steph actually performed better this year than he did. The only thing that's different is that his, you know, that unanimous MVP year, he uh I think he led the league in steals. So yeah. his defense was a little sharper back then. But anyway, look, so I just I don't understand how you can reasonably say that Steph is better is Steph is worse than Luca at this time. I don't get that. I you know with while above Luca was LeBron, and while I respect LeBron being where he is, I don't really uh, for ranking it off last season. Really it agree. feels a little high. It feels a little high. It just especially with the playoff it's performances. Oh well, yeah, know, and man. it's I mean like I get it. He was going. He was dealing with some injuries during the playoffs, and I mean it's kind of hard to argue. I mean LeBron is the the game facilitator for the right. Lakers. We're trying to appreciate greatness, but at the same so, time, it's just I like, putting him stats, at three was... stats stats wise. It doesn't look like he's a number three player. That's, How is he over was... the MVP? That's and that's where I come. That's where I kind of question what they were thinking here because they put Luca and Braun over the MVP and the runner up of MVP. And and so like I, I struggle even putting Braun I think it was, above I think it was just because year. I think it's just because the Lakers had had a had a good record last season and without LeBron they plummet. I mean, that, but that's really the only the only I agree. I, I look but the why. reality is is I think the I think the Nuggets had a better record and they didn't have Jamal they did, Murray. Yeah. They didn't even yeah. have and that's when I was talking Hence earlier about why you know, Jokic won MVP. Right. And that's why you know when I was talking earlier about their seasons being so similar, you know, when Jamal Murray went out, Jokic turned up. They actually won more games without Jamal. Yeah. You know, and that's because Jokic went and got that uh that old LeBron backpack, but the team yeah. on his back real quick. So if I have to make this list, man, I, I have to say Kev, Giannis, and then I'm taking Steph. I'm I putting Luka Jokic. down at six. I'm, I'm dropping Luka down to six. I have to respect Jokic's MVP, and I got to put him over Braun. 
I think that's only fair, especially from what we saw last year. Anything can change. I'm not going to sit here and doubt LeBron James and his greatness, but the reality yeah, I mean, is that's that Luke, LeBron I mean, is older Yo- Yoke, he, He's much older. I, I wouldn't put Jokic over LeBron just because I don't think Jokic is a, a better player overall than LeBron James. Dude, but, I just think Jokic does it all. I mean, Jokic yeah. almost averaged a triple-double last season as a yeah, big man. I mean, Yo- Jokic doesn't – Jokic isn't your, bri- your primary ball carrier, though. Like, LeBron can play post. He runs the entire offense. And insanely underrated defender. So, yeah. I, LeBron is just kind of like – I mean, I say like Kevin Durant, but, like, obviously not to that <laughs> level. Yeah. In the sense that, like, Braun can can do it all, other than, like, shoot free throws. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, but my point is, and we can, we can agree to disagree, but my point is, when Jamal Murray, their star point guard, went down, he facilitated everything. He may not have played a true point guard role and dribbled the ball I mean, the, the court. The offense he, ran through I mean, him. How many assists a game did he have last year? Was it 11 or 9? I think think it was 9. It was one of the two. I mean, he was very close to averaging a triple-double last year. It was – I mean, it was insane. There's no reason that Nikola Jokic is this good at facilitating and passing the basketball. So he averaged – last year, he averaged 26 points a game, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. Yeah, I mean, and that's what makes centers who can pass so scary. Like, they're they draw so much attention. I mean, as soon as Jokic gets in the post, like you you almost have to double team. Like it's it's not like it's not not. Oh yeah, for sure. And so, and obviously, like for all the basketball heads out there, like if you draw a double team, somebody's open. And and Jokic hooped in the postseason. In that series against the Blazers, you know, they went six games with the Blazers. He only had under 34 points one of the games. Yeah. No, I was, that I mean, was that, that was just crazy. That was insane. I mean, he was just – Mans was on – he was on a mission. I mean, so um, we can, so we can agree to disagree on one through five, but the – Steph is definitely ahead of Luca. Luca's dropping down to six. I don't care who who you are. Luca Luca's got to drop down to six. Oh, and here's we my can... thing though: like Luca, I think is definitively better than the following players on that list. Oh no, that's fair. I, I, I agree with that. He is. Uh, I guess you could make an argument for just because of his offensive prowess, but I, so uh... after six, it goes Embiid. Dame, AD, Harden, Brad at 11, Paul George at 12. So I love some things on this. I don't like other things. Um, one, I, I like Joel Embiid at seven. I think Joel had a, another great season. He was an MVP leader for a lot of that before some injuries and kind of a little decline of play at the end of that season. But uh, Embiid... Just because of the... The offensive joke that was essentially the rest of his team. Yeah, and and look, and when Yoke, when Embiid is when Embiid is really healthy, 
he's crazy. But that's what separates him and, and Giannis to me is just the health. It's just that yeah, Giannis can do healthy. that night in Giannis, and night out. And he's just so much more physical. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Embiid so, does cry sometimes. Em, is a yeah, Embiid at seven, and then Dame at eight, Anthony Davis oh, at that. nine, mm-hmm. um, James Harden at ten. I'm glad James Harden made the top ten. Um, I think James Harden's defense <laughs> has gotten a lot better. It has. Um, and James Harden, other than like Kevin Durant, and then James Harden's got an entire offensive playbook in his bag. So, without injuries, I think Harden would go a little higher on this list, to be honest. I think without injuries, yes. He, he I mean, and, and, I mean, earlier in the season, Harden was – I mean, when yeah, Kevin and uh, Kyrie were out, I mean, they were both yeah. crazy. You know, a lot of the recency bias people have on James is, you know, the fact that he was injured in the playoffs. And so his playoff performances were somewhat weak. Look, if I was going to make – if I was going to do the rest of this list, okay, I think if if Harden is healthy, I think I put him ahead of Dame. I think yeah. I keep him at eight. I would knock Dame down, down to. Uh, I actually think if Harden was healthy, I might put him above Embiid too. That's debatable, but I debatable. I might put him up there. I mean, that's, that's I guess if we're if oh I guess if we're assuming health, we'll we'll have to assume oh, that Embiid yeah, yeah. is fully healthy too. For sure, and Embiid. So I, I would that's take a toss Embiid up. Over. It, it would well. It would completely depend on how the season goes. So I would go Embiid, Harden. To be honest, so this is this is going to be a little hot, but I think with Brad averaging 30 back-to-back seasons, and I mean, honestly, they did just as much in the playoffs as the Blazers did. I think you might be able to take Brad over Dame at eight right now. I don't. I know that's really, really sensitive for people, but I don't. I I don't know. I, look, Bradley Beal is a better scorer than Damian Lillard somehow. Damian Lillard talk has a lot more experience. Most, you want to talk about the most underrated player in basketball? I honestly think Bradley Beal I is really the front runner on that. I list. think this is the first year that Brad's gotten real props. I mean, the you know last year when he averaged thirty, nobody knew he averaged thirty because he didn't make the All Star game somehow. And it's just because I, I honestly, I think the only reason he didn't make it was because the Wizards were just so bad. And like, I understand the Wizards are not all star, bad. The All Stars are based off of individual. The All Star game is based off of individual, individual performance, talent. not team and performance. Look, and Brad has proved that he can score, that he plays defense. You know, Brad's defensive numbers have declined as he's been asked to do more on the offensive end. But make no mistake, back when you know DC actually had options. You know, for other people to score, they actually had other good players on the team. He was still putting up over twenty-five. He was putting over twenty-five points a game, and he was playing fantastic defense. Look, Bradley's potential for defense is higher than Dame's. He scores better than Dame. Dame, like I said, Dame has more experience than Brad. Dame, Dame but has I don't the, that the clutch gene, and I guess you could argue better three ball. But you um, know what? I'm tired. Okay, okay. This, like I said, Dame's, this is really Dame's, hot, and this is Dame's, not hatred on Dame. But I'm kind of tired of people saying that Dame is like this uber clutch dude when they can't win at all. Okay, they can't win a single damn game in the postseason when it matters. 
Like I'm actually and so sick and tired of it. I'm I'm tired of Dame of Dame Steph comparisons. Like Dame hasn't won a single game against Steph Curry in the postseason yet. Like think no, about I, how crazy that is. Steph has swept his butt every time they've met. All right. Like y'all can't be. I mean the the Blazers played um, the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. They didn't have any point guard. Their starting point guard, I don't even remember his name. It was some weird Italian name. I mean, he was terrible. He was he was really bad. And they can't, like, bro, Dame's supposed to exploit that. If Dame is who you guys are saying Dame is, like, Dame's exploiting that. And I just don't, I don't know, man. I always feel like Dame is that underdog, but he's underdog for the reason, you know, for a good reason. Dame, I just, I don't know, man. Like I said, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but I just, I feel like, more times than not, I don't see Dame perform like that. Yeah, I don't know. What's, I mean, what's your the, takeaway? The the overall performance isn't there. Um, it's just the spectacular shot. Like the the one shot at yes. the end of the game from half court. That highlight. That he, really. that he drills in PG's mouth. And that's like the highlight. I, overall, I I really don't have any disagreement towards that at I all. I just need I need a I need not the casual overall, man to get over. He is not overall a clutch player. He is exciting to watch, and occasionally he'll he'll drill a game winner in your mouth. But like clutch to us means more than just hitting one shot at the end of a game i guess is the thank you the big it, takeaway it's, it's from much this. more than that it really is you know you got to you have to be clutch like, enough to clutch, get to that moment like clutch is kevin durant last year dropping 50 in a eastern conference finals game to try and push his team over the hump Grant, they 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 lost the game, but like Kevin Durant's overall performance was so spectacular that that to us is what should define whether you're clutch or not. Absolutely, not Look, just like said, one it's just, shot. It's time, and and he hit and he hit he hit the damn shot. So yes, he did. Look, it's just uh, yeah. it's time to it's time for Dame to deal with that those consequences because they haven't had scrub teams. Okay, they, they it's not like like no, they haven't had super stacked teams, but they've had good teams. Look, and Yusuf Dame Nurkic ain't no scrub. CJ McCollum definitely ain't no scrub. Obviously, Dame Lillard isn't a scrub. Like they're they're a good team. I mean, there's a reason they make the playoffs every year. Right, I agree. But, man, to not make it like this past year, not making it past the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, I'm just like, I'm, I mean, what ex, I don't know. What excuse do you have? If Dame, is, if Dame is supposed to be like that, then he wins that game. He wins that series. But they got put down in six, and honestly, it wasn't a very close six. So I'm putting that out there for you. I'm taking Brad. If I'm being honest, I'd go Harden eight, Brad nine. If AD is healthy, I don't know. I feel like Anthony Davis game can be a toss up there, but without with with AD's health in question, you can put Dame Dame ten. He cracks the top ten. Yeah, we can put Dame ten, 
AD just misses it, which I think is fair given AD's play in the past year. I mean, even when he was healthy, AD's play was uh, it wasn't like anything. In, it, for, it's not for for what we've seen from Anthony Davis in the past. This previous year was definitely nothing to brag about. Yeah, so we're good with and then twelve was Paul George, which I'm awesome with. I think Paul really. I think he deserves that after that postseason run. For sure. You know, with Kawhi being down, I mean, Paul George didn't have a single game under twenty points, and they they made it to the third round, didn't they? Didn't they make it to the semifinals? Yeah. So I com- I completely respect Paul's run. I think it's legitimate. Um, I think the only reason Kawhi isn't here is because of that injury. I think they omitted him from this list, or else we would have to talk about Kawhi. Yep. Um. Last thing before we move on to football, we're just going to talk about this top 15. So they put Chris Paul, they tried to be sneaky and and slip Chris Paul in for 13. And they put Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Trey Young behind him. And here at the Checkup Podcast, you're not going to tolerate that kind of behavior. Okay. Yeah. Look, man. Look, man. Look, Chris man. Paul, <laughs> one of the one of the greatest game facilitators of all time. Everyone and their mother knows that Devin Booker is better than Chris Paul as an overall player. And I like, uh, good lord, man. I just, I mean, I, like yeah, Jimmy Butler. Good, I gotta shake my has, head backpacked a team for two years now. Jason Tatum, I mean the the Celtics aren't that good, but I mean that is I, not Jason, that is not Jason Tatum. Fault. Jason Tatum is like that. Mm-hmm. I mean Jason Tatum is I mean, an incredible player on both Jason sides Tatum, of the ball. Jason Tatum had a phenomenal series against the Nets. I mean yeah, he won he the game up, against he, the Nets. Yeah he hung fifty to win that game. I mean, so, Jason Tatum is like Jason that. Jason Tatum is incredible. So I think overall as a player, he's better than Chris Paul. Like, and I was, what's weird about it is I was actually one of the advocates for Chris Paul because a lot of people were talking trash about him during the finals. And, you know, I was, I was one of the people that was like, look, guys, like, y'all got to understand that, like, the Suns were not a playoff team. Chris Paul comes in and they make the finals. Like, there has to be something to be said about that. So we respect the fact that, or at least I respect the fact that Chris Paul is a great player. But, like, if you look at his skill overall compared to, like, 13 or 14 through, like, 18 on this list, like, there's there's some question marks where like you can legitimately look at Chris Paul and be like, look, bro, like overall, you're not better than these dudes. And not only is he not better than them, but he did not give an opportunity. He didn't play better than them. You know, like I can there was like well, there Paul's... was there was what one or two games. Uh, um, where he had, like, eight points. Yeah, well, I was actually talking about the games where he dropped... What was the one game where he dropped, like, 40? I think it was against the Lakers. Where he hung up, like, 44. So, like, like, there's greatness in there, but, like, there's zero consistency to it. Everybody that watched basketball knows that Devin Booker was the 
the best player on that team. And somehow he's still worse on this this ranking list. So look, this is this is what I have to say about Chris Paul. I I appreciate Chris Paul's quote unquote basketball IQ. Okay, he he's very intelligent man. He knows the game of basketball very well. But that will only take you so far in this league, man. And I right. just I, we cannot. I, I I can't stress this enough. You cannot over. You're overvaluing this like persona behind Chris Paul, man. Like it's, you're, we're, we're overvaluing you're over, the idea of a it. floor first facilitator. All, first of like, all, no legitimate, no legitimate watcher of the NBA thinks the Suns, you know, given everybody had a healthy team, make they don't it even make ball. it out of the first round. They don't, they don't make it out of the first if the round. La- if the Lakers hear... are healthy, they don't make it out of the first Thank round. Thank you. Do you want to hear what Chris Paul did against an injured Lakers team in the playoffs? Let's talk about it because it doesn't get talked about enough. Game one, seven points. Game two, six points. Game three, seven points. Game four, 18 points. Ooh, that was the high. Game five, nine points. Game six, eight points. What on that stat sheet was beneficial for the team? In the, are, in like, the sense what was that merits him being that high on the list. Like, how are you going to, like, how can you excuse a top, apparently 13 player in the NBA and he averages what nine points a game against the Lakers against an injured Lakers a who really struggled with a, with a guard play like and I don't want to sit here and hear oh well he's a playmaker he had one game with 12 assists okay but o- overall in the series he averaged seven eight and you know what you know what's better than getting assists points getting points okay like getting assists is cool we appreciate that but if you were that skilled, you'd be scoring. Like there has what? to be I'm putting my foot down when we talk about points per game versus assists per game. Because if you could score like Devin Booker, you would. But you can't, so you resort to passing I, I to mean, Devin that, and Booker. that's well and here's the thing, like that's why LeBron is LeBron. Like LeBron is uh, to me LeBron is the best like game facilitator in basketball. But like, he can still go out and score thirty. Absolutely. Like, I, Chris, like on a, on a nightly it. basis, Chris Paul cannot do that. And and I just don't understand. Is it's and it's not defense like, either. Look, in that early. last Chris series, Paul couldn't even get over twenty in look, that series. In that, in that last series against the Bucks, I mean, uh, not Chris. Drew Holiday was such. I mean, he made Chris Paul. I do. I mean, he left Chris Paul crying. Like, like Drew Holiday was averaging, I think he was averaging 2.2 steals a game. Chris Paul couldn't even average one. So don't give me this bull about yeah, Chris nah, Paul, Drew, please. Drew Holiday like was an absolute Look, menace. That we can finals. respect Chris Paul's career. We can put him in the Hall of Fame if you want to. But yeah, we are so not going to sit it. here and say that he's a top 15 player now. I, I don't think Chris Paul is a top 20 player in the league. And I, and I fully, I can sit here and tell you all day that he's a very respectable leader. And, and obviously he made an impact on the Suns team. 
But don't sit here and, and argue with me about if they were going to beat the Lakers. If Anthony Davis played that series, they beat the Lakers. If, Anthony if Kawhi Davis Leonard plays, plays that, in that Clippers mm, series, they, they, beat, get they get smoked. They get smoked. If if Jamal Murray was healthy one. against the Nuggets, you know, on that Nuggets series, the Nuggets wipe the floor with them. Why? Because they're exposing Chris Paul and they're exposing that guard position. That's why. So when it comes to Jason Tatum being ranked under him, no, Jason Tatum plays better offense, better defense. What are we talking about? Um, you know, Devin Booker, when it comes to roles on the team, Devin Booker scores and He's Chris Paul passes the ball. He's a better defender. Right. Like Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is a whole lot better of a defender. I think Jimmy Butler led the league in steals this past year. Yep. Uh, steals per game, excuse me. And honestly, I I don't see a clutch gene in in uh in Chris Paul at the moment. Chris Paul, I mean, I I, I, I I mean, I'm not saying Jimmy Butler is a prolific scorer, but like I think better Jimmy than Chris Paul. is a better scorer than Chris Paul. Trey Young, I mean, did we see what Trey Young did this year? Did anybody see what he did this year? He went off this year. Trey Young had a disgusting playoff. With a Hawks team that was definitely not worth writing home about. It it definitely was worse than the Suns team. Yeah. And Trey Trey made a better series against the Bucks than Chris Paul did. With less around him. With less around him. So So yeah. take that as you will. Um if I'm if I'm finishing out my top fifteen, I'm gonna go. I probably, I probably, I, I do debate on putting Trey higher because of what he did at the end of the season, because that was incredible. Um, but Chris Paul is definitely out. I'd probably go Jason Tatum. It's just, it's just hard because all of the players on this list are offensively so gifted, which like obviously Trey Young is as well. It's the the defense that. I think it was kind of what set, other than Chris Paul, obviously, is what sets the rest of these guys above Trey Young, at least yeah, for me. which I can respect. At least I can respect that. And so I'm okay with him as long as Trey Young is very close to it. I, I probably, if I'm being honest, man, uh, I understand putting Book above Jimmy. I guess we can, given this past year, but. Man, I th I think if I mean, if, the, if you were talking to if you were talking two seasons ago, Jimmy Butler is Easy. skyrocketed on this list. Easy, I but think they're I think they're a lot closer. Year, yeah, it's it's a toss up. I I personally would still take Devin Booker. Um, I think he is a much better offensive player, at least right now, from what we've seen. So. Yeah, other than that, uh, I would say biggest takeaways from this list, Luca, way too high. Um, way too high. CP, way too high. Yeah. Um, and the rest of it, I didn't really have Solid. any issues with. Yeah, I'm not going to rip into this like too bad. Lonzo. It was, uh, yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo being 57 well. and LaMelo Ball being 47 is... Um, Very disrespectful. Look, if, if you're not hip to Lonzo yet, I just want you to go watch some gameplay. Get play hip, son. You slacking. Get hip, man. I mean, Lonzo is a top five guard defender this past year, and Lonzo is one of the best three-point shooters in the game right now. And I'm not – that's no hyperbole. I'm not a Lonzo fan, um, but I'm buying stock in Lonzo. You know, when you talk about percentages, he shot a better percentage from three than Trey Young. He actually made more threes than Trey Young this past year. 
And yeah, and we, we all we know talk- how much Trey Young is pulling. I mean, we talked about it in a previous episode, man. Like, yeah. people got to watch out for the Bulls this I'm, year. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I mean, in the next two, they're three an years, excellent young team. Man, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna translate to football here, but it's just like I I want to say if I had to compare the Bulls to a team in the NFL, they're the Chargers of the NBA. Okay, they're an excellent young team. They're full at every position, and it's just about growth and meshing together. That's all it's going to be about in the next couple of years is how can they play together? Because if this Bulls team gets to playing together real well, they're contenders. I mean, they're like Problem. Zach Levine. Zach Levine wants all of that, man. Watch out. Go get hit to Lonzo, and you'll realize why putting him outside the top 50 was a mistake. Yeah. But um, let's move on to football because I'm actually very excited to talk about some football this week. Of course, another fantastic week in the NFL. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot happening. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to get into it. Great games being played. We're going to go reverse chronological order this time. We're going to start with the Raiders Chargers because I watched that game last night and it's all that's on my mind right now. It's It's all that's on my mind. So. I have a question for you, Trey. Okay. You ready? Honestly, who do you take? Who who would you rather have, Justin Herbert or Derek Carr? Oh, after last night's game, Justin Herbert, for sure. I don't really think there's much of an argument for that. I mean, people need to understand how gifted Justin is. That it's not – when I say Justin, I said previous um, to this season. Right, Trey, we had an episode where we talked about the preseason, and I said that Justin Herbert has a chance to become a top 10 quarterback this year. Legitimately, he does. Mm-hmm. And this game, you know, people are talking about Derek Carr being a top five quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it last week. Derek Carr was yeah, yeah, you have a lot of people's conversation. I mean, exactly. Derek Carr was, I mean, and this this last game, I mean, he he showed that he's human. And Look, I, I, th- I thought it was really funny, actually. After the game, I, I think it was uh, I think it was Bosa. He was like, "Look, man, like Derek Carr's good and all, but you get in his face, and he's not that nice." And I gotta agree with him. This goes back to classic Derek Carr. Okay, Justin Herbert last night threw 222 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. It looks super fluid, super comfortable. He, I mean. He was passing to three, four, five, six, nine different receivers. Yeah. Okay. The Chargers offense showed everybody why they were going to be a problem. I mean, Austin Eckler played a great game. And and their defense, Joey was all over the place. He was in. He was making. I mean, they weren't even. It wasn't that Derek Carr got sacked a bunch. Okay. He got sacked four times, which, you know, isn't pleasant. That's That's kind of a lot. But it is it's not bad. But I mean, Derek just couldn't make things work, man. Derek didn't have 200 yards. He threw a pick that was. uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, dude, I've been saying it all year going into this year and I've been preaching it going as we go through this year that Justin Herbert is that guy. And he is. I don't know a better way to put it. What was your takeaway from the game? I I think something that the Chargers did really well, like exceptionally well, was run the ball. 
Oh yeah, Eckler I mean was- they ran the ball. They ran all over LA's defense, which you know in a in a lot of ways, like I'm not taking away from Herbert's performance. I mean he he played a whale of a game, but mm-hmm. um, you know when you hang up 170 rushing yards a game, I mean that's yeah. There's there's got to be something to be said for that and. When you're running the ball that well, it makes passing a whole heck of a lot easier. Um, Agree. I think the Bears front, uh, not the Bears, Jesus. I think the uh, <laughs> the Raiders front seven got completely exposed. I will like, say, I mean, that it was it was like I'm not it was, like the, it was like Moses in the Red Sea. Jeez, I'm that not gonna. Bad. I mean, Austin Eckler put up almost 120 agree, yards, and agree, almost eight but, yards of carry. But it works both ways. I think it's actually the opposite of what you said. I think it was that that the fear that that Herbert is putting in the defenses is opening the run game. Okay, because let's not beat around the bush. The Raiders have the better running backs. Okay, oh, Josh sure. Jacobs and Kenyon Drake are a much better tandem. Than Eckler and whoever Roundtree. Yeah, I mean, Roundtree is the Auburn kid. He saw, but look, I mean, there's no debate. The Raiders have the better running core. Right. Okay. And for Derek Carr being an MVP candidate, you would expect the running game to kind of flow yeah, better because say, Derek yeah, Carr is, kinda... is slaying people. But Derek Carr struggled against a pretty good young Chargers defense. The Chargers defense secondary was going to work on him. And they, they're not – that defense is clearly not scared of Derek Carr, and so they locked up the running game. And Derek yeah, was no, forced to throw, and Derek did not look like he was – I don't know, man. He did not look like MVP Derek Carr to me. No, not at all. I mean, it's – that was – that was a bad game. My only, my only thing about throwing Derek Carr, like, out of the MVP conversation, I would – kind of tell people to pump the brakes on that i mean i'm not no, we yeah, all, okay. we all okay. watched what aaron Rodgers did week one yeah and then he's basically torched the entire nfl over the course of the past three weeks so is he human yeah obviously his so stock has definitely for now he's in the conversation to me for him to like really solidify his spot um because we'll talk about the other really important game to me that happened this past week uh, in a second. Um, this was a, a must-win for Derek Carr to really keep his MVP conversation afloat. Or at least if you weren't going to win the game, put up some real respectable numbers. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, he had... He had less than 200 yards passing, um, you know, two to one touchdown interception ratio, and a fumble. which is they good. And a fumble, he yeah, too. yeah, he had a fumble too that was that could have been a lot worse than it was. Yeah, um, and his completion percentage was below average. I mean, it was like just above 60 percent, I think. So this this was a game where I think he he needed to play a little better than he did. Like I said, for me, the takeaway was Chargers defense was not scared of him. I know this is a rivalry game. I get it. Chargers defense was not scared of him. They locked up the run game, made Derek throw. And for me, I haven't had Derek Carr my MVP 
and he obviously will continue to stay out of it for now until further evidence is acquired. Um, my other takeaway from the past month of watching the Raiders play football now is I got to give it to the man. Max Crosby, he's a beast. Oh, yeah. Max Crosby, I did not know Max Crosby was like that until I started watching <laughs> Real Raiders football recently, and I was like, damn. Yeah. This Crosby guy, he's on people. I, I want to give my my props to Max Crosby. He is he has definitely put his name out there for me. I, I haven't been a huge Raiders watcher the past few years, but Max Crosby's like caught my you eye. A reason to. He's disgusting. Yeah, I got he does give me and a reason. I ain't, get, I ain't giving a damn about the Raiders gross. since Khalil Mack. Exactly. <laughs> Idiots. I mean, yeah. if they, imagine if they kept Khalil Mack with Max Crosby. Yeah. Oh my! Only reason God. anybody cares about the Bears, so facts. And he hasn't even done anything like that since you know. I mean, now he gets the Aaron Donald treatment and gets locked up. Yeah. But moving on, uh, we got. I got another take for you guys. We want everybody in America. I'm pretty much assuming watched the Patriots take on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and whether you like it or not, my takeaway was. And and I understand that Tom is still, you know, afloat in the MVP talk. You know, he, Tom Brady, I mean, they're still a gross team. What are they, 3-1 and one now? You know, they're probably still going. All I'm saying is that this game, this single game, Mac Jones outplayed Brady. And it was it was just, awesome to watch. I actually for the sake, Just for the sake of... I, I guess, like, argument for Goat Brady. This dude barely put up 50% completion percentage. He was 22 mm-hmm. for 43. And and Patriots win that game if they don't ding a field goal off the upright. Look, I... So, I have another takeaway for you, actually. Is that Bill... Bill owes Mac Jones an apology for not trusting him. Okay? It was fourth and three. It was pouring down rain, if you couldn't tell. All right? It was a torrential downpour. It was uh, It was one of those games where, like, as a, Yeah, I mean, it, well, it was one of those games where, like, as a kid, like, you would be so psyched to play in weather like that. Yeah, and as a grown man, you're well, like, it, Yeah, you're like, outside. wow, this is awful. Like, <laughs> y'all got an indoor stadium. Look, he needed to trust Mac to go for it on fourth and three, take up, you know, take off more clock, and either go for a touchdown or a closer field goal. There is no reason they went for a 56-yard field goal. Bill Belichick owes Mac Jones a big fat apology. Mac Jones during that game threw 19 straight completions in the pouring down rain, and and, and, and let that me is, add, oh, and that's against and elite Bucks defense. I mean, we're right. talking about Bucks they defense were, being top five. I will five say they were, they were out of a couple people. But, oh, for sure. But, but that does not matter. Why doesn't it matter? Because Mac Jones was under pressure 25 times throughout the game. He, was, he had 25 rushed passes throughout this game. He got sacked four times. They brought the house. Okay, it felt like every other play on Mac Jones. Like I said, it's pouring down rain outside. He ate it up. What does Mac Jones do? There's 275 yards, two touchdowns. He threw a pick. It's pouring down rain. I don't care about the pick. Okay. Like 25 times. And Brady, on the other hand, Brady didn't throw a single touchdown all game. 
Yeah. Brady didn't throw one touchdown. And he had so, a, whole, a whole heck of a lot less completions. And Lord knows I got a better team. Lord, Lord knows we don't have to talk about that. So, one, Mac Jones. This is a big bright spot. I got to say, out of all the Mac Jones games I've seen, this was like, huh, maybe the Patriots were onto something, drafting him. But two is Bill. Man, you're a great head coach. All right. I, you know, I, I've heard a lot of Bill Belichick slander over the past two years with this whole Tom move. But I still respect Bill a lot. I think Bill is hands down one of the best coaches ever to coach. I mean, this, but Bill, this game, I mean, this game. I know you don't like rookie quarterbacks, but Bill, man, you you lost this game to Brady. And you lost it by not trusting your quarterback here and now. And he and and Jones deserved that trust, hundred percent. Look, and this is uh, one more thing. I'm sorry, Trey. One, one more thing about Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones did this all without a running game? And I when I say said without, it at the beginning without... <laughs> of the season. Yep. Mac Jones is going it... to be the best rookie quarterback this year. I you knew Cam that. Newton wasn't going to work. I saw a lot of things from Trevor Lawrence that I wasn't exactly fond of. He was very slow to process information at the professional level. And then there was the rest. Let me. Mac let Jones me... is proving to you why he is the best of these rookies by far. I agree with that. Look, and when I say without a running game, because usually when I say without a running game, I mean like they have like 40, 50 yards, which really isn't a significant running game. No. But no, 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 no. It was worse than that. Okay. Um, they ran the ball a total of eight times. For a total of negative one yards. So when I say. And their longest run of the day was four yards. By a wide receiver. Yeah. Not even by a running back. So when I and say. Nel- and it was Nelson Aguilar. Like, didn't you yes. get dropped off the Eagles for not being good enough? Yes, that's the whole Eagles. Thing. It is true. Man, dude, negative one. This game was all in Mac Jones' hands. And that's what bothers me so much. Bill, what the heck, man? You're going to give this kid full reins, right? No running game at all. I mean, you only ran the ball eight times. It's not like you actually tried. You only had Damian Harris run four of them, okay? So it's not like you actually tried to run the ball. You, you clearly put the keys in the kid's hands, and then you took it away from him at the last second. That was as bad to me as... The ball getting taken out of Aaron Rodgers' hands in that, you know. All right. It wasn't that bad. Same concept, but it wasn't that bad. Look, man, it's the same concept. You got to – what happens? What, Mac misses it? Nobody's going to be there, oh, they should have kicked a 56-yard field goal in the rain. That's what they should have done. No one's going to say that. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the way the game goes. If he makes a first down. Oh, man. I mean, can you imagine? We'd be talking about Matt Jones and the Patriots over Matt Tom Jones, Brady. Bill Belichick, and the Patriots knocking off a far superior Bucks team with Tom Brady at the helm. Yep. And all the smack talk that was happening before that game. So. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was the game was slow. 
I mean, it was not. It definitely wasn't the most entertaining game no, to man, watch, all things way. considered. But poor, I mean, poor guys. It, the the Patriots could have won this game. My only fear is, like, if people want to take the Patriots seriously, like, why can you guys not win a single game at home? I mean, they're zero and three at home this year now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. So labeling them as like playoff contenders right now is a bit of a stretch. Could they get there within the next year or two? Oh yeah, for sure. And especially if Mac Jones develops at the rate that he's developing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh right now they need more pieces. To, I mean to, to be really fair, they played good they played good teams. So uh, they, yeah, they they've played like, they've played good teams and they've played them pretty close. Yeah, I mean especially this game previous was okay. game. I actually think we should pump the brakes on the Bucks a little bit because I've seen a lot of concerning issues with them. Um and they are they are playing some teams close that they should be just about blowing out of the water. But remains to be seen. I mean, this this is one of those games where Tampa Bay should have came in and just completely thrashed the Patriots. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, the only thing I'll give them is that it was pouring down rain, so there was no... Th- I don't think... There Cry was no about th- it. You play in Tampa. It rains in Florida all the time. And Tom Brady played in Foxborough you know, his entire Tom career. A lot of passes, man. He really he missed he bricked a lot. a lot of passes. That should have been easy, easy passes. Yeah, but nevertheless, we digress. Next game on our radar: that Steelers Packers game. Uh, yeah, Steelers thrashed Bye. once again. Bye, Steelers. Yeah. Really you thought you thought the division was going to be hard. Um, a lot of people, honestly, myself included, were still kind of putting the Patriots at like at least, if not number one, at least finishing second in that division. Um, and you know, I'm not going to lie. At this point, you know, we haven't really talked about this at all, even like outside of the podcast, Caleb. This this could be the first season that Mike Tomlin doesn't have at least an even record. I mean, the Steelers' offense just looks putrid with with Ben Roethlisberger leading the way. I mean, it they look terrible. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to go that far because I believe in Tomlin. But I well, see what you're saying. I do too, man. But this this Steelers team offensively is so bad, and it's it's really hard. With this is kind of something that gets overlooked, but it is really really hard for a defense to consistently perform at peak level all game. When your offense is getting thrown off the field so fast. So I have a question for you. All right. And, and maybe I should be asking Riley this because Riley is a Steelers fan for all, the, for all you that don't know. 
But do you think at any point they would debate on benching Big Ben? Do you think it's gotten to that point? No. Um, uh, well, here's the thing, though. To be honest, if they had a better backup option, then uh, they, have, they have Dwayne Haskins now, don't they? They have Dwayne. So I think, I think Mike Tomlin knows better. And with the way that Big Ben has played these uh, these past two games, uh, especially the game against Cincinnati, um, if Haskins was ready, Mike Tomlin, I his word is gospel basically in the football world. So we we would see Big Ben get benched. If Tomlin thought that Haskins was ready, um, and you know, you being a, a Skins fan, I mean, I think we all can agree Haskins was not good. Oh no, no, I agree with that. Bust. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I think he was unfocused. I think that was a big issue personally. Yeah. I think he was just partying he, way too yeah, much. No, I mean, he he uh, he got his check and thought that you know I'm I'm paid, so nothing else matters. Which, no, not not really how that works, big guy. No, that's not how that works at all. So, um, but yeah, I mean, back to the whole, the whole like offense just getting knocked off the field in half a second. I mean, the the Packers had almost ten minutes in time of possession over the Steelers in this game. So, yeah, man. Uh, look, it is – I feel bad for the Steelers, okay, because I really feel like this was the death of the Steelers. They, I really feel like they had to assert themselves a little bit more, you know. I mean, the Bengals are 3-1. and one. Like, I, dude, I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to win this game. You needed, I didn't expect you them needed to, to do more other. than this. You, I, need, I you needed to not this. lose this way. I, I don't know, man. I, it's just Aaron. Aaron didn't have to do anything crazy. Aaron just was Aaron, you know, just normal chill Aaron. Two touches, two you know, two tubs, no yeah. picks. Like, they had a running yeah. game, obviously. They got the passing chill game. Chill Aaron. Yeah, this wasn't even, you know, like a uh, – it wasn't even a game. that Devontae Aaron didn't Adams throw five blocked. touchdowns this okay, game. Hey, Devontae Adams had less than 70 yards. Like, Randall Cobb was their best receiver of the night. You know, it wasn't Aaron Jones. It was A.J. Dillon that went off. Like this wasn't even a really active Packers team this week, and still Big Ben threw forty times and he only had two hundred thirty yards. He had a touchdown, but he had a pick and he had a fumble. I just, dude, I I don't know. It, to me, it was just bland. I I don't trust Big Ben at this point, and that's why I asked, you know, do you take you know Haskins? Because I think I think in the next couple of weeks Haskins starts taking some of the uh, you know oh, some of the time if, away from if, him. Yeah, if no, for sure. If, if Big Ben doesn't it. step up his game in the next like two or three weeks, like we seriously are going to need to ask. And look, question. I won't even pin it all on Big Ben. You know, their their receivers have some issues too. You know, Claypool didn't play, but like. Dude, there's no excuse for Deontay Johnson to get 13 of your targets. Yeah. Like Juju, Ebron, like where y'all at? You want to need something? Yeah. Well, Ebron hasn't Ebron hasn't really been much since the uh since that one season with the Colts. I hear you. It's got to be. But, and and, and like I, I mean, well, Juju, well, here's the thing though. Juju was targeted 8 times and 
only managed to get two catches for 11 yards against some not incredible Packers secondary. Yeah. So there's, I mean, it, like I said, man, I, the Steelers are just a liability offensively. Like I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do, but they got to figure it out, and they got to figure it out fast because the other three teams are running away with the division. I'm hip, man. I completely agree. But uh, let's, we're not gonna get caught up in this game because, like I said, at this point, I really think it's the death of the Steelers. The yeah. fire game, though, I guess the game that we really didn't expect. I, okay, not that we didn't expect. I didn't expect it to go this way. But, dude, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals just came out hot. Like, they just chase Edmonds. I don't know where he, I don't know. Their game plan was crazy, and it worked. Chase Edmonds was a dog this week. Their Cardinals running game just showed out, and I just don't think the Rams expected that. I really no, don't. Not at all. I mean, I don't think their defense expected them. They basically dropped, you know, Hopkins yeah. by the wayside, and they just they just committed to this running game. And it, I don't know, man, that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's and the the Rams are just one of those teams where, like, are you sure you want to press this front seven because they could be the best in football. And Arizona just came out and punched him in the mouth. Yeah, that's how it felt. Was they just kind of like blitzed them? You know what I mean? They just kind of yeah, like uh, they weren't ready for it at all. I mean, they had over two hundred. They had over two hundred and fifteen yards rushing on the day. And it wasn't even. It wasn't even that they started. You know, their first. Their first drive was just a three and out. But like the next list. I mean, the next three possessions were all touchdowns from the Cardinals. Yeah, and my honestly, my biggest takeaway from this game is the Rams just couldn't figure out how to get into the end zone. I mean, they would they would like they would drive the ball down the field and just not do anything with it. They did have a weird they scored, game. They scored two touchdowns on the day and two field goals and like that that from what we've seen through the first three weeks was just was asinine to me. I mean they they just could not figure out how to punch it in. Yeah, it, it was it was very strange to say the least. I mean I, I mean both of us had the Rams taking this game in a close one. And they they got fried. There's really no other way to put it. It was all secondary. It wasn't even that the – I didn't feel like they were – it wasn't that they were getting to Matt or just – I felt like they just locked everybody, which is weird just from the Cardinals. I don't know, man. I really didn't expect yeah, – I mean, Matt Stafford – I mean, he didn't get sacked once. I know. That's Kyler, what I'm Kyler, saying, Kyler, Murray, Kyler Murray got sacked more than Matthew Stafford did. It was weird, man. It was a weird game, but it does – I mean, it's a statement by the Cardinals. That's what it yeah. is. It's a statement. I mean, every, everybody was taking the Rams to at least the way the season started. There was a lot of people, myself included, that were saying, like, Rams could be front runners right now as far as super and early I still Super Bowl. So. I'm not going to take that away from them. It, it just makes the Cardinals more interesting. You know, like, like I don't think at the end of the day. I don't anticipate they run the Rams. ball like they did. No, game. I don't. I don't think so either. And, and at the end of the day, I'm still trusting the Rams, and most of that is just because 
I trust Matt Stafford's experience in the league versus Kyler's. You know, I mean, they had the Kyler and the Cardinals had a great season last year, but like because of I feel because like a lot of the inexperience, they ended up going like eight and eight. You know, they yeah. ended up just breaking even. It, well, I th- I think a lot of it actually had to do with coaching, but that's neither here nor there. They sure, but man, the coaching they, they had some excellent. they had some weapons and they did not perform last year. But nah, this year the Cardinals they look like a serious problem. Yeah, they do, man. And Kyler Murray is is solidifying himself as one of the one of the top. I you could I think Kyler Murray's top ten quarterback. I think after this game, you uh, well you no okay so top to. ten quarterback. I've had Kyler in my top ten. Um, but I mean, I he think, was. I mean, Kyler was one of those guys that was like teetering on the edge, like yeah, nine or ten. Oh, he he was close. Um, but now, I, I mean, last year, I will say I had him in my top ten coming into the season. A large part with was because of the running game. You know, people don't understand. Kyler had eight hundred rushing yards last year. Everyone got so caught up in Lamar Jackson and what he you know puts on the table when it comes to running, yeah. but Kyler is right, there no just with the arm, plus the arm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Kyler gets a whole another like addition to it. So yeah, I mean, Kyler is like a a, a pocket Russell Wilson, like pocket sized mm-hmm. Russell yep. Wilson. All things pocket considered, size. he's like a Drew Brees Russell Wilson combo. Yeah, I mean, Kyler is showing up and showing out this season. I mean, he, he is. is, and I think I think this game. See, for me, and and I I won't speak for you, okay. But for if I was you, Trey, I would take I would slide Kyler in your MVP, and I oh would for slide sure, Derek Carr out after this game. I wouldn't slide Derek Carr out. I mean, but Kyler's for me. Kyler's been in the conversation since last week. I would put him above Derek Carr now. I think he's definitely. I think he definitely deserves. I I'd put him above Derek Carr now because Derek Carr's performance this past week was nothing necessarily to write home about. Yeah. Um. But I mean, when it just makes life so much easier for Kyler when Chris Edmonds putting up 120 yards running. No, like I said, they punched him in the mouth. That was great. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that, that came, game I mean, plan, just, whatever that game plan was, it worked. Yeah, That game plan worked for I mean, sure. The, the Rams, Sean McVay and the Rams were not prepared for that in any way, shape, or form. No, not even, not even a little bit. Um, we're going to do one more game um, outline for you. And this was actually, I was a little surprised. That he pulled it off. Russell Wilson. Seahawks. Beat the 49ers. In San Francisco. Um, Russell Wilson actually joined Peyton. As the as their only quarterbacks. With 100 wins. In the first 10 seasons. And they Russell did it in style. You know it wasn't that Russ's numbers. Were super pretty. Because they weren't. I mean he only threw 150 yards. And two touchdowns. It was actually a pretty ugly game. Uh, for people watching, but I don't, he's just 
I mean, he was on suicide watch, like, the entire game. Like, this offensive line really doesn't seem like it got better. But two things, uh, two two big takeaways. One, Russell Wilson is still that guy. Like, Russell Wilson is still top five quarterback to me. And it's not just because of the numbers, because, like I said, number, it's not like the numbers were really there this week. It's that, that Russ deals with so many problems on this team and still finds ways to win these games. But the, the biggest takeaway for me, for the Seahawks, okay, was surprisingly the defense okay so the defense had nine the secondary had nine passes defended against a 49ers team with a dark horse candidate for one of the offensive players of the year Debo Samuel Debo has Debo Samuel's incredible gone off this year. man Debo's had an incredible start to the year. You know, I know we've talked a lot about Cooper. He had a hella. He played a whale of but, a game, too. Dude, Debo has been going crazy. He had a little off game, I think, week two or three. But this past week, Debo had 160 yards, two touchdowns. This last, this last week made up for it. And and this isn't the, you know, this is the second time in four weeks he's done something like this. Debo just went crazy. Um, But, man, the Seahawks defense – Obviously, Debo went off, but they shut everybody else down. And to be honest, there were a couple other balls that Debo might have been able to make, you know, a play on if it wasn't for this crazy secondary. I mean, like I said, they had nine passes defended. And if you don't know football, let me tell you, the average is like three, four. Okay, like maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, even Jamal Adams somehow had a great secondary game. So. So for everybody listening, Debo fried this game. He did. I'll, nobody, I'll just say, not nobody else on San Francisco did a goddamn thing. Nah, man, they couldn't move. I mean, they, they clamps, clamps, all day. And it makes me wonder why. <laughs> why can't we see this every week from the Seahawks defense? Right. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, it's really weird to see all of a sudden them make some big impact on the game. I don't know. What do you? What we do you haven't think seen about? it in a long time. What do you think about? The, I, I don't know. I don't know what to we think. Ain't, we literally haven't seen the Seahawks do anything since the Legion of Boom, as far as I mean. I've been saying out. for years now that. To me, Jamal Murray is so overrated because he's almost worthless in the secondary. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, my bad. Is that Jamal Adams, I mean, he can't hardly do anything most games in the secondary. But uh Yeah, I mean he can he's like Cam Chancellor. I mean, the dude hits like a truck. But yeah. you know, you know, cover wise, like he gets exposed. And but he had, I mean, he had a pretty decent day. There was a little hiccup here and there with Debo when Debo was over there, but overall, it just it was really impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, it's and it's you, you can't even just look at it from like one player. I mean, the entire defense. They, I mean, they showed up. Yeah, I, I'll say, um, I'll say one more thing about this game. You know, you, obviously Debo was going off. But props to Trey Lance, man. Trey Lance yeah. had a great game too. You know, he came you know, in for he only played had, a couple possessions, but I mean, he went down. I mean, he played a few more than that. I mean, he had 18 attempts. Yeah. Um, and he had two touchdowns. I mean, he played a 
for a rookie coming into the game mid game. We know the big guy injured. He had a high. He had a higher QBR that game than Jimmy did. Oh, <laughs> that was that was a relatively close. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Jimmy definitely wasn't blowing anybody's <laughs> socks off. No, he wasn't. So Trey Lance looks great. Debo looks just amazing. Oh my god! Like I said, Debo I know I'm talking a lot about Cooper Cup, but um, Debo definitely has put up just as good numbers without a stellar quarterback. So big props to Debo for this game, and um, I, big props to Debo and big props to that Seahawks secondary. I was blown away. Want to see more of it? They got me there. I gotta see more of it. I do need to see more of it. And and one more thing about Russell Wilson, you know, I was saying how Russ for me is still a top five quarterback no matter what. You know, Russ's passer rating over the last four games is 130. Dude's gross, I mean, man. And and that offensive line just still has him on suicide. They they played a terrible, terrible that was game. Awful. It was, it was, it was awful. Terrible. That O line was just Ah, dude, if the Seahawks could just, I don't know what it is, man. Is it coaching? Is it, is it the GM? I don't know, man. The Seahawks just always seem to have just the biggest holes ever to fill. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, ever since Legion of Boom, their team has just not been well-rounded in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's, Black, it's either man. one, it's the, the offensive line is abysmal or the defense is trash or like the receivers aren't exactly as good as they should be. Like it, it's always something. Hey, look, look, you want to talk about the receivers not being as good as they should be. Okay. All right, look, man. DK. Okay. I love, love DK to death, but look, some of y'all need to chill. Look, man. DK is getting his spot taken very quickly. You know, DK last year, we were like, yeah, he's pretty good. I, I was very hesitant. You know, I, I was still very much like, I'm not really sure if this guy's actually a top 10 wide receiver yet. And who did, who did, who did he who did underrating he, some people? Who did huh? he chase down last season? I think it was Baker. against the Cardinals. Who Baker? Yeah. It yeah, was people, every everyone yeah, saw that was like, bro, big dude started. Dude. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that one bit. But look, man, so you already had a lot of people gunning for you, like Terry McLaurin. People thought that Terry McLaurin was worse than DK. That's cap, and that's that's continually being proven to be cap. Okay, but now now right, you got give, give like, Terry McLaurin Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Oh my goodness, man, Terry McLaurin's tearing it up with Taylor Heineke as his quarterback and and Terry's had like six, eight different quarterbacks since he came into the league. Okay. But we're not going to talk about the Redskins. We don't have time to do that, but I will say DK man, look, I already get, I I've been on the wave that you you're not that good. You're not that guy yet. Okay. But now you're losing even your followers. So uh, DK, I don't want to see you be a sub 15 wide receiver in the league, but like, bro, we got there are people legitimately gunning for you right now, and they're overwhelming you. You know, you got Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup having insane years, and your quote unquote breakout year, you're just not cutting it. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you to kind of get it together here, okay, DK? All right, DK. I don't know why you can't catch <laughs> any baby. balls here, but 
Yeah. I guess um yeah, I guess the only thing left to do would be quick run through for some important games next week cuz th- there actually are a few on here. Um actually we got a whole bunch of them real important this coming week. Of course. Yeah, we got man. It's, we got it's Rams. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we got Rams and uh we have the Rams and the Seahawks Thursday night. Fantastic game. Um, Such a gas game. Oh I mean, God. Green Bay and Cincinnati, I guess on paper, is not that important to people, but how with how ridiculous the AFC North looks right now, um, you know, it's pretty important, at least for Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, it's important for Green Bay, too, but um, I think Cincinnati, in order to, like, really be solidified as a contender in this division, they need to win this game. Um, yeah, we were talking about earlier. The Bengals are kind of three and one. We're not buying stock yet, but if for some yeah. reason they beat, I don't know. And here's the thing, bro. I love Joe Burrow, and that defense has actually proven to be pretty formidable. So, um, yeah, uh, you've got uh, Denver and Pittsburgh. That's another big one for the Steelers. Um, and I think Denver needs a, a bounce back after the thrashing that they just took this previous weekend. Um, you've got the, you've got Cleveland and LA, the chargers. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a really good game. I'm curious to see how the, uh, I'm curious to see how the chargers defense holds up against the offensive juggernaut. That is Cleveland. And I also kind of want to see how they bounce back from last week because they played like trash last week. Um, got a dub. Yeah. Yeah, they they won, but they that was not I, a good game. The hair that was a horrible game. No, nah, and then you got San Francisco. Yeah, you got San Cardinals, Francisco and Arizona. You've got dinner. Buffalo mm. and you've got Buffalo and Kansas City. That's a huge one uh, as far as where the uh, the AFC playoff picture is going to look. Um, and then another big one that I think is kind of going to get overlooked is uh, Baltimore and Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I keep telling people that Indianapolis is much better than their record shows. Um, and that's and their I'm, time I'm, to prove it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how Carson Wentz is going to do against this hobbled uh, Ravens defense that is still proving to be a very, very good one. You know, so. I told you when the season started, Trey, we talked about the Colts and we said, we, you know, in my, in my Excel sheet, you know, I have an Excel sheet with all the raw predictions of games without thinking much of it. And I said that the Colts were going to start out slow, but they have a chance to heat up later. Yeah, that being and that's said, kind of the story of the entire franchise, to be honest, it over is. the course of the past. That like, being said, this game is huge. Yeah. The Colts can manage to win this. They can get some freaking momentum it's, finally. It's in it's in it's in Baltimore too, and the Colts overall played really well this previous game. I was actually incredibly impressed with you how know why you know why because Taylor was a playmaker. We talked about this last week. The Colts need a playmaker. They need somebody to step up because their offense has just been bland. And I think Taylor had like 120 yards rushing. You know, yeah. rushing yards. He had a fantastic game. The Colts rode that energy. You know, it, I mean, it it just sparks. You gotta have. We talked about this earlier about the uh, about who was it that the the Steelers. You know, without a spark on offense, the defense just gets drudged down in the dirty work, right? Yeah. Like you just can't let your nice defense out there without having something, you know, to kind of cheer on. 
Yeah. Right? And, and the, that's the way it is with the Colts. The Colts are in the same boat. The Redskins are in a similar boat. If the you know if their offense can't show the defense, they're in games, their defense just slouches. So if the Colts can win this game, if it, it'll mark a turnaround for the Colts season. If not, man, like I said, I, I have I have the Colts doing something later, but it's gonna be tougher. I I think the I think my biggest thing is Carson Wentz has proved so far this season that he can be good enough to keep you in the game the running game via Jonathan Taylor or Marlon Mack needs to needs to be very good um to me they're the Colts in a lot of ways I, I gotta hate saying this because I hate this team but they're they're built a lot like the Cowboys um the oh, Cowboys so ugly to hear. Now, nah, bro, we'll see. Here's the thing, bro. The Cowboys do not lose games when they run more than they throw. That's the true. The Cowboys are literally, I think, um, I think I heard a statistic in the Dak Prescott era. They are 27 and 0 when they run more than they pass. I, I believe that. So when, the, when the run game is there, I mean, the Colts obviously have the offensive line. I mean, other than like the Cowboys and the Chargers. The Colts have like the best offensive line in football, um, and you know they they have some good running backs. Uh, the receivers, I guess, could be a little better. Um, you know, other than that, the only other real thing that I'm worried about is late game defense. Uh, we gave up two touchdowns at the end of the game against Miami, who is really not an offense to brag about. So. Um, I'll have to throw the yellow flag up on that one, throw a little bit of caution into the wind. Because, um, you know, it's the Colts kind of have a tendency to start games off slow and then try and work their way back into it. When we start off strong like we did against Miami, we cannot let them fight their way back into it. So there's there's a few, few kinks that need to get ironed out. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens against the Ravens. I think it'll be a, a really interesting primetime game in Baltimore. Another beautiful week of the NFL coming up, guys. This is the Checkup Podcast. We will be here next week to talk about this, to break it down. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great night. Peace, everybody.